This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to a bonus episode of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale, we're recording this late on Wednesday night. Just the uh, basketball game between USC and Arizona just ended. Wildcats win by 15. So we'll talk about that at the end of the show. This is not going to be a typical Wildcat Country show. But we did have a special guest and felt it was worthy to put out a second episode this week. Uh, Brad Brennan, the brother of Brent Brennan, uh, Arizona's new football coach. That is a heck Uh, of an alliteration right there. Yeah, good luck. Try saying that five times fast. So Brad Brennan is a, uh, I would say, a a former uh, star or semi-star Arizona receiver, loyal to the program, uh, was the leading receiver in the 1998 Holiday Bowl, Mm -hmm. which is arguably Arizona football's most famous game of all time. So we're going to get his thoughts in the second segment. We'll react to it. I think you'll really enjoy the interview as Shane and I had a chance to sit down with him earlier in the day before the basketball game. But Shane, uh, as always, this uh, episode is brought to you by our friends at Ice Shaker. Go to iceshaker.com, use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C, and you can get one of those beauties that Shane is drinking out of now. All right. We're going to do one buy or sell question and yep. see where it goes from there. Buy or sell, Shane, Brent Brennan. Well, if you heard the first episode this week, and by the way, don't get used to the two episodes a week. This is a special thing. We both have full-time gigs, but, uh, you know, a lot going on this week, so I'm glad we're able to do it. Uh, you know, I bought him uh, the first episode or this week before it was official. We kind of, at the, the news was breaking uh, as we were talking, and I'll certainly buy it now. I mean, he's done everything right. Uh, mm-hmm. everything he possibly can done right. He has since he got hired, you know, hasn't had a chance to get his feet wet very much, but from, uh, you know, the, the, the reportedly this first meeting with the players went great, did great in front of the media. Uh, it was a start. The, uh, the basketball game that just ended, you know, which was just filled with celebrities then tonight is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he's, he's definitely been embraced by the community already. Uh, I just on a personal level, because, you know, I, I got to know him a little bit three years ago when it sounded like he he was, I mean, he was a candidate and it sounded like he probably was going to get the job until Jet Fish just soared to the top of the, of Arizona's wish list, or at least uh, Dr. Robin's wish list. Uh, I got to know him a little bit then and, and watching him now he's, uh, he, he, oh, Barrett Baker, our friend, uh, who knows him and, and his brother, Brad, who we're going to talk to soon, uh, use the word genuine. And I would, I agree with that. I, I think that he's, I, I feel like he's not as polished in front of the press. Like he's more just open and not quite as careful with what he says. He's a little, I, I almost, if you watch some of his videos, you know, the, the, I don't know if you saw the, the swaggy B thing with, uh, with, with Kevin Cummings. I like that. Day. That was great. Oh, it was yeah, great. It was he, great. He, he's a little geeky, but like in a, in an awesome way, you know, he's just kind of, he's authentic. He is who he is. And, and, uh, I, I like that. And I think that, you know, especially after you had a guy who, um, was a great salesman brent brennan you have to be a great salesman but he you know he believes in what he's selling uh and, and he he practices what he preaches and you know it, you look at you know barrett baker said you, it, you watch what people say on your way out and you look at what san jose state fans and alumni have said about brent brennan nothing but good things and wishing him the best sorry to lose him but obviously understand him taking the position uh so 
and then it, it, early rumblings, it sounds like that there is at least an opportunity, long way to go, but there's a chance that he's going to be able to retain some of the, the, the current players on this team. Several have already entered the transfer portal, some big names that I'm sure are going to be out the door. Some others may or may not come back. Uh, but again, it's very early. He's done everything right so far. And, and the last thing I'll say is you know, we've gone back and forth. Well, look at his record at San Jose state. And I'm like, well, Number one, yes, because he's won. He's had three winning seasons in the last four years at San Jose State, uh, whereas San Jose State had three winning seasons in the previous thirty. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, if you want to play that game, and you mentioned this on Twitter earlier, Eric, well, look at Jed Fish's record at Arizona. You know, yeah, it, it's five hundred. Yeah. Well, of course, but th- without that context, you think, well, what is Washington thinking? But then, of course you look at what he did at Arizona this past year. So you have to take that all into consideration. It, you know, it's, it's so much more than wins and losses is what, what have you done more recently? What have you done considering the circumstances? And so all those things in mind, Brent Brennan loves the university. He, he, he loves the, the, the Tucson community. He's a great coach, a great guy. Uh, we'll see how he does in, you know, at, at a power five school in terms of recruiting, but every done everything right so far. And that's all you can ask at this point. Yeah, you got to buy Brent Brennan what we've seen from him. He seems like a cool guy. Um, he nailed his press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there. L- let's discuss. I, I, you know, we I gave some thoughts on Brennan uh, on Twitter. I'm happy about it. We gave some thoughts the other night. I want to touch on just a couple of a couple of things I've heard, a couple of things I think, because that's why you're listening to this right now. All right, about players staying or going. So um, on the Wildcat Authority message board, a 24/7 sports um let's just say insider said it's looking good for basically for the servite trio but then there are other guys on on twitter there's a guy on twitter i can't remember his name he's kind of an arizona varsity insider he says uh he put a picture of three oranges and said watch for saturday don't know what that means but seeing that t-mac and noah and um you know, uh, uh Manu and Manu, were yeah. at the game because Kian, with, because Kian Burnett yeah. didn't enter the portal uh, he's the fourth survey guy, survey guy. Um, but yeah, they were all the basketball game hanging out with Brent Brennan and Kevin Durant, which is pretty cool. Um, and then Jonah but Coleman, you but you don't, you don't know what's right. We don't yeah. know right now. No, we don't know. I would say if I were to put a percentage on it, I would say 60, 40, they stay. That'd yeah. be my guess. Okay. It's just, yeah. There's just so many hurdles to, including the, the transfer portal later in the, in the spring as well. So we'll see. Demond Williams, the four-star quarterback recruit is in the portal. I think he's gone. And I yeah. think he will be uh, one of Jed's new quarterbacks at Washington. My Agreed. thought on it. I think it just makes sense. I think a lot of these, if you can keep the guys that were on the team last year and you lose some of the new recruits, fine, but keep the core that just won 10 games together. Simple yeah. as that. Um, yeah. You know, Kean Burnett uh, really hasn't done a lot. I don't think he's going to Washington because it's not like Jed really played in the last two years anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Tanner McLaughlin was was pretty darn good, but I, I don't expect to see uh, Jed, you know, I, I don't I don't know what to make of uh, Kean Burnett there. The other thing that I heard today that was interesting, so Brent Brennan talked about Dwayne Aquina coming back to Arizona, that's looking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, threw a couple back channels, and once again, this is a couple sources removed. It sounds like there was some friction between Jed Fish and Dwayne Aquina, uh, which caused him out the door, that there is no love lost there. Mm. Uh, don't know specifics, but um, what I had heard from, you know, a few channels, a few, you know, playing the game telephone, uh, essentially, that there 
you know, might have been reasons that Akina, who wanted to retire in Tucson, was suddenly going to Texas. Yeah. Uh, it seems uh, other things that I have read um, separately that Johnny Nansen also wanted to go his own way. I would be very surprised if you saw him go up to Washington to follow Jed Fish. I also do not expect him to be Arizona's defensive coordinator. No. I think our guy John Wall Street, a.k.a. Corey Left, said that a few days ago. Uh, I, I can't see it. So no. I, I think I don't know what Brent Brennan's staff is going to be. If you can get Derek Odom from San Jose State, he's a very good defensive coordinator. You can get Alonzo Carter, the running backs coach. Uh, he's a very good recruiter. You're getting one of those seems likely. Uh, one of them, I feel like, will be the new head coach over there. I, I don't yeah. know which one. Yeah, um, that could be. But if you could get both, that's a home run. With that said, Brennan has to build this staff very soon, Shane. Like, yeah. he has to – we have to see an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and position coaches by the weekend. I'm sure he's already working on it. You're absolutely right. Uh, and Jed brought a lot of his, his staff with him to Washington. We were hoping that Kevin Cummings may stick around, but it, they, they announced him as the wide receivers coach at, at Washington. Now, it's interesting, though, that if you look at Brett Brennan's contract, uh, is uh, the average salary per year is two point six million, which is uh, quite a bit less than what Jed Fish was set to make. Well, it's actually but, three point one with incentives. Okay, with incentives, three point one, yeah. still yeah. less than what Jed Jed was making, or and mm -hmm. definitely was was set to make if he had signed that contract extension. Uh, but the the uh, pool for assistance is uh, like four and a half million, which is four and a quarter. It's four and a quarter, okay. which is up five hundred thousand over where it was under Fish, which is fantastic. Yeah, and so that it's, it, it's it, low comparatively. Well, it's still, it's still, it's, it's still an upgrade better. Yes. And it's something that, that Jed, before he bolted for Washington noted was an area of need. We, you know, we need to be able to pay assistance and retain assistance. And Brent Brennan will have the opportunity to bring some pretty good assistance in uh, with that pool of money. So, so that that's a positive. And, and I'm sure that that that's one thing that Brent Brennan and Jed Fish had in common is like, we need, we need that, that extra money for, for assistance. And then as far as the transfer portal, you know, it, it's interesting that to see, um, I, I probably, I wouldn't read too much into it. You know, Jonah Coleman entered the transfer portal. He was at the game hanging out with his teammates and and, and Brent Brennan at the basketball game. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. He's probably sticking around Tucson until he finds another place to go, which could be, you know, who knows? It could be Washington because I know he had a, a close relationship with Scotty Graham. Um, but he had a few guys who a few a handful of big names enter the, the the transfer portal. Damon Williams ultimately may may be the biggest to this point. Certainly Jonah Coleman as well. Uh, Raymond Polito, offensive lineman, entered the portal. Uh, and Ephesians Prysock already had. So and you, you're going to lose some guys. Uh, yeah. Depth, depth is probably going to be an issue, especially this late in the game for next season. Um, but if if Brett Brennan can hit the ground running and, you know, I don't, I don't think a big 12 championship is in play at this point, but certainly if you can go 500 or better, get that momentum going. Uh, a little hold, bit. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm going to stop you here. Okay. If, if Fafita and McMillan and Manu stay, Arizona will keep a lot of their, you know, their, their big core. I still think regardless, assuming those three stay, I think a lot of the the team, uh, the majority of those guys will stay. I think you're still looking at a top 25 team. Maybe top, I, not maybe maybe borderline top 25, but I but yeah. I I would have put them at even even money with Utah to win the Big 12 uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Now I'm not putting them there. That's all I'm saying. No, it's a I, lot I, of pressure on Brennan too. Yeah, you know, but but if you keep Fafita and you keep uh, McMillan and you keep Manu, so you keep your leader on defense and yeah. your two leaders on offense. You know, I mean, right there, Shane, that's going to, that, you know, not many people have 
you know, three players that are that, you know, who knows? This could all fall apart and yeah. we could be sulking in the next few weeks. Who knows what reports are true and what reports are not. By all accounts right now, the fact that those guys were at the game with Brent, you know, Brent Brennan was there. They were at the game together, including Jonah Coleman, who by all accounts is going to follow Scotty Graham to Washington. Yeah. It seems like a good sign. Sure. We it's might not a be bad having, sign. No, we might be having a podcast in a week or two saying, oh, my God, this team is, you know, ASU level in the Big 12. As of right now, I would lean towards them staying, just reading the tea leaves, and therefore Arizona being a preseason top 20, 25 team, if that were the case. That's as it stands today. Yeah, well, I... After my Twitter thread where I said my gut feeling was that Jet Fish was going to stay, I'm not. I'm out of the prediction business for now. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's certainly it's yeah. certain. Yeah, I know. But it's it's certainly a positive development. You know, and the reports were that he you know he nailed that that initial meeting with the players. But you know they're going to get wooed by other schools. Then and, and and nil money is going to be thrown around. And there's another transfer portal coming up uh, later in the year uh, before the season starts. So th there's so in terms of the current roster, there's so many landmines to avoid. Uh, and so in order to get off to a good start. So, and, and eventually look, um, Brent Brennan's going to, and his staff are going to have to go on their own, walk on their own two feet and, and bring in their own guys. And it's still an unknown, just like it was with Jed Fish, really. It's an unknown how well they're going to be able to recruit, you know, because Brent Brennan hasn't had, this is his first power five or power four now, uh, job so you just don't know uh but i i think that based on what everyone said about him and i remember this watching this video um when arizona was interested in brent and brennan the first time around where like the players were like hoisting him up and just like celebrating after winning the um the mountain west championship they they people love playing for him and that really matters and, and i think that the the players and alumni uh, who have played for him and do play for him will be his best ambassadors in that regard and will help in terms of recruiting as well. All right. So one other point that I want to make, um, those guys tonight, Fafita McMillan, Manu and Coleman were sitting very nearby Humberto Lopez, who is a local Tucson real estate developer and big money. Mm. Um, and, and the Arizona daily star, are you know, has reported, you know, his involvement that he was going to be behind the Jed fish extension. I think Mr. Lopez might be a very key factor here. And I think he, he wants to see the football team succeed. So I, I just would, would theorize that if these guys were to stay, uh, you can thank Mr. Lopez for his investment in the program, uh, more so than just it is today. I'll yeah. I'll say that, and, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And it, it, I, my last thing is I'm going to say I wanted to say is that it it sounded like you know the 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 easy making this an easy decision. Part of me, what made this an easy easy decision I hire Brent Brennan was that the boosters were all on board from what it sounds like uh, on this hire, and that that matters even more now than it did before because you have the NIL money along with you know money for for uh, for to hire coach the hire the head coach and for the assistant coach and pool and incentives and everything. So that matters more than it ever has. And, and I think that's what made it really easy. I, I think that he was probably Dave Hickey's number one guy before, and he was again. So that, that helped, certainly helped. But when all the boosters who I'm sure Arizona was in contact with as they were desperately trying to retain Jed fish said this, this is a great, this is a great situation. You know, other than retaining Jed fish, this is the best possible scenario. Go ahead and get them. It was an easy call.
All right, let's hear from Brad Brennan. Uh, Shane and I had a really fun sit down with him uh, earlier today. And one cool thing when we when we got on the the call with uh, Brent or with Brad Brennan, uh, he was walking around the uh, Lowell Stevens football facility, and he ran into Brandon Sanders, and he yeah. put him on. They put Brandon on. You know, they were teammates together, and so they put him on. I think they were teammates together. Um, and he, you know, he put him on the uh, the screen to say hi to Shane and I. Very very cool. We haven't had Brandon on in a long time. Hope to yeah. do so. I'm sure he's going to continue to play a role uh, on Brent Brennan's staff. So it was, it was cool to see that. But hope you guys enjoy the uh, the Brad Brennan interview, and we'll we'll chat a little bit uh, afterwards here on Wildcat Country. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Gronkowski here, and I'm at the Ice Shaker Warehouse, the proud sponsor of the Wildcat Country podcast. And I got something new and exciting to show you. We're talking about the 4D printed University of Arizona shaker bottles with the legacy championships on it. Check it out now at iceshaker.com. Shane, what a treat for a bonus episode uh, in the middle of the week. You know, it's not every day you happen to get a former U of A letter winner. Oh, he, by the way, scored a go-ahead touchdown in the 98 Holiday Bowl. Oh, by the way, he's the brother of our new head coach, the first family at Arizona football, Brad Brennan. Thanks so much for, I know you're in Tucson, uh, for a business trip you had mentioned, but a lot of crazy things have gone on. Thanks so much for joining us. What has the last, let's say, 72 hours been like for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, a whirlwind, I guess, is kind of, you know, how how you best explain it. Um, you know, obviously, things happen so fast in this profession, and, and even more so in today's world, I think, with just all the transfer portal stuff and having to have your coach in, in place, um, you know, before just everything kind of implodes, you know, in those situations. So, um, you know, my brother and I always talking about, what's going to happen, you know, where, uh, was it, what was this job when it was coming up when, when, when Jed left, um, and kind of all those dominoes fell in the right place. Um, and then just trying to figure out support, you know, for, for Brent. Um, I played here obviously, um, and, and have a lot of my old teammates and, and this is a real brotherhood here. I, I don't know that it's like this at every university. Um, but, you know, all those guys rallying around and reaching out to me saying, Hey, is your brother interested again, you know, this time around. And I thought that that was really cool. And, uh, and so a whirlwind with that, just trying to get everybody, you know, support train going, um, you know, with Brent a little bit and, and, and seeing what the real opportunity was for him. Yeah, Brett, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us on such, uh, such short notice after, uh, after <clears throat> your brother got hired at Arizona and, and congratulations to, to, to you and the rest of your family on it. Uh, I think we're all, I know he's excited. We're excited. And, you know, there's been nothing but positive things said about Brent on social media from San Jose state fans, from everyone, just give him, give us a brother's perspective. What kind of guy on a personal level is Arizona getting with Brent Brennan? Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up with him, so I, I know, I know all the ins and outs. I know where all the skeletons are at, um, <laughs> you know, but I think he's, 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 he's been coaching me my whole life, you know? Um, and whether I knew it or not, uh, growing up, um, he's always been in a coach's role. Um, in fact, our dad traveled a lot, right? So, so he was kind of the one, you know, a lot of times um, dragging us around, getting balls in our hands and, you know, playing with, um, you know, him and his buddies that were bigger than us and beating us up. So, you know, I think that he's always been um, kind of that guy that's like always taking the lead. Um, and, he, and he's made sure that, you know, everyone 
is getting treated the right way. Uh, we have a younger brother. So uh, as you can imagine, we're only 13 months apart, my younger brother. So we used to beat the crap out of each other. And Brent would Brent would be the one that would come in and, and manage it all, you know? And, and so I think he's always been, uh, had a great way to like deal with situations, deal with, you know, issues that come up and also uh, making sure that everybody, you know, is feeling the energy, feeling, you know, that they're a part of something. Um, and so he's, he's always just been that role, I think, for, for, for us as, as siblings, for sure. Yeah, I, I think the term destination job is thrown out a bit too loosely in college sports, especially with so much movement at the head coaching position in college football, including at Arizona, obviously. But for Brent himself, do you think this could truly be a final landing spot for him if given that opportunity? Does he see that job this way? Yeah, you know, I don't think Brent's, if you look at his track record, he's never been a guy that's just bounced. Um, I think that, you know, it's hard to really do it the way he likes to do it if you are going to bounce, right? Um, it's, it's we as a family, I think, um, you know, and, and Brent in particular, just treat treat relationships, you know, in a, in a really serious manner. Uh, we invest in those relationships. We take time in those uh, relationships. And those things don't happen, you know, six months, a year, two years, right? Um, and I think that's why he has been very loyal and, and has stayed um, at these different schools over these years. Um, I know that he had really a lot to prove at San Jose State. Um, that place is, uh, can be very difficult with a lot of, the, um, you know, some of the limited resources they have. Um, but he really wanted to make a difference there. Our dad played there, so there was uh, probably some incentive that way as well. Um, but at the same time, like he wants to stay somewhere for a long time, everywhere he goes, um, you know, and I, I see this and, you know, he hasn't said this, but, you know, I could see this, you know, they have success here. I don't see him ever leaving. Um, I think that that's something that, uh, is very rare in this profession, but he's, his, his values are, are different than some, you know. Yeah. Let's talk about those values. I mean, what kind of a guy is Brent Brennan? He nailed the press conference. Apparently, he's nailed it with players. We already are seeing certain players say that they're coming back. Uh, backup quarterback Braden Dorman, just before Shane and I recording this with you, said he was in the transfer portal two days ago. Now he says, I'm with Coach, you know, Brennan, I'm back. What kind of guy is your brother behind, you know, not in front of cameras? Yeah, I think I think what you see is what you get. Um, and I think that, like, people don't, you know – see one thing and they're getting, you know, all the bullshit mixed in there. It's he, he's real. Um, and I think that that's, you know, a very rare trait in today's world. It's, it's, it's kind of like, Hey, I'm going to say this cause it's going to help me out or, or make the situation look better. Um, but you don't have all the hard stuff. Um, you know, Brett talked a lot about coach Tommy and I think coach Tommy was a master. Um, even when we were playing here, like he made us sit down with our teammates and talk about hard stuff. Right. And that's where like, I think a lot of the pros or the, uh, old players there, like they'll talk about, those were like our biggest bonding moments, right? Now these guys don't know Brent yet. Um, you know, some of them do actually one of his old uh, recruits from, from San Jose States actually um, uh, was just walked by, but they, they have like a, um, I think a really special way that he connects with them that, uh, you know, you don't always see in a head coach's role, maybe sometimes more like on a position level, uh, but the head coach, you know, that kind of is out there trying to manage everything. Um, can kind of get lost in the shuffle of like the day-to-day of just managing, you know, a team. Um, but Brent, I think, puts in extra time to really get to know these kids, uh, get to know their parents and their families. And that stuff goes a long way. I mean, everyone feels the love, everyone feels the bond. And I think that makes your team just that much stronger. 
You know, a few years ago, Shane and I were, when we started this podcast, we were a few months into it and Kevin Sumlin was let go and we were very, uh, we were big on the Brent bandwagon. Hey, we need, you need to hire this guy. And then out of nowhere, Jed was hired. We're like, who is this? You know, what's going on here? So now it just feels right. Do you think, you know, Brent always, you know, after that didn't happen, do you think he just kind of closed the door on Arizona or did he just say, you know, maybe one day it'll all work out? Do you have any insight there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it hurt, you know, um, I don't think that that's a surprise to anyone when you, nobody likes rejection, right? Um, and nobody likes, um, you know, it, it's not just like a rejection. It's like one-on-one and you're not the guy, right? And I think that that's really hard to swallow a little bit. Um, but like, and I think Brent mentioned this a little bit today, like if they aren't successful at San Jose State, like n- nothing is a chance, Right. Um, past that um, and not to say that that wasn't a great gig for him in, in a you know a long-term job that he could have stayed there um, but I think that like he just he just knew that he had to just go back and do what he does best and 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 I think that because he has such a special bond with those team with his teammates and their uh, the team that they have to like he's got to give them a fair shake right it's not like you're going to go you know half-assed at it just because it didn't work out and you, and you might not think that chance is ever going to come again like those are your guys. That's your team. Like you go back and, and you handle business. And, and I think he always does that. I think Brad said in the last 24 hours that those who are UA fans are maybe skeptical about, about the, the hire or feeling better about it just for, for a number of reasons. Cause you know, they, they've seen, they've seen Brent, they've heard from him already. And I, you know, some, I think it's simplistic to look and say, well, you know, he was, you know, about below 500 as a head coach at San Jose state. He's won. He's had a winning season three of his last four years there, which I think three of the previous 30, they had winning seasons there. Can you just talk about how difficult it is to win at San Jose state and the job that he did there? Yeah. I think that that's, um, that's something that goes, um, it kind of gets pushed under, you know, a little bit where you don't realize, you know, how hard it can be there. Um, They always have to play a monster off season schedule, right? Because the money, um, which, you know, just start to get into, you know, three games of that and, 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 and some big travel games because they usually don't get those teams at home, right? Because uh, they're paying you. Um, and by season time, you're beat up because you've taken, you know, a bunch of hits from, you know, guys that are pushing out NIL money, all these kids, right? And, and so the, the discrepancy between those teams can be a little bit uh, different. So I know that that's, that was always a challenge. Um, and then the fact that they just, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, having to play, um, you know, I think a few years ago they had to play Hawaii like three, three times in a row. Um, and, and, and so there's just some things that are different there that, um, you know, some of the other schools might not have as, as many challenges. Um, but I think they did the best that they possibly could with their resources. And I think like that alone is what makes Brent so excited. Like I, the sky's the limit here, right? I mean, I think he's blown away by um, the support and the facilities and everything that they've done to upgrade this program. Um, and, and, you know, Jed and, the, and, and his staff, you know, they were a big part of that too. And so I think we're seeing like a big wave in that, in that, in the right direction. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can keep a lot of the guys here and make this sustainable so that they can, you know, piggyback off of a great season last year and continue success for the long term. Like all of my old teammates, they don't want this roller coaster, man. Like that roller coaster thing of up and down seasons, no. They want long-term success here, and knowing my brother, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, and our guy Barrett uh, had nothing but 
great things to say uh, about uh, about uh, you and and coach Brennan and I know he's genuinely excited about the hire as well. Uh I want to talk a little bit about you and your time at Arizona Brad uh cuz uh, Brent mentioned during his uh, press conference the story of how you came to Arizona. There was a phone call during a, a family vacation uh and said basically we're, we're told if you're on campus tomorrow we'll give you a shot. Can you just go through that whole process with us? Yeah, you know, I had come um Basically, I was looking at Arizona and Colorado. Brent's receiver coach was Rick Neuheisel from Arizona or from UCLA, excuse me. Um, and he was the head coach at Colorado. And then his offensive coordinator was Homer Smith, who was the offensive coordinator here. Um, so I was like, look, I'm, I'm a walk on. Um, I think I can play, but I got to try and get a foot in the door somewhere. Right. Give, give me a little edge. Um, and so decided to come to Arizona and uh, I met with Homer Smith. He said, sorry, you know, we don't have a spot for you in preseason camp. And I kept sending him, you know, a message, a a letter basically saying, Hey, can I come to camp? Um, Finally, the day before we were on family vacation up like near Lake Tahoe or something. I had a buddy from out of town. He was from Boston. He's in town uh, with us. And they said, Hey, if you can get here by tomorrow, we got a spot for you. So I told my buddy, Hey man, you can figure it out with my family. I got to go. Uh, and it was incredible, you know, I think having that time at camp before the start of the year, you know, with all the veterans was such a big deal uh, for me and my development. I had guys like Richard Dice, who was love him, but he was he was a motherfucker, excuse my language, because he beat he beat the crap out of me as, as a young buck. And I didn't totally understand it then because we're same position. I'm like, man, I thought we were like I thought this was like the thing, you know. Uh, him and Ricky, or, um, yeah, uh, Rodney Williams. Um, and so at the time I was like, I didn't get it, but uh, that was a, a very like instrumental part of kind of my, you know, starting a base and, and starting to understand, okay, this is real deal sports. Like let's figure it out. Yeah. And I'll, let me ask you one more question. I'll let Eric a, uh, ask you about the, the holiday bowl in the 98 season. Uh, speaking of Richard Dice, you know, he's a kind of a legend for, for uh, in the ASU U of A rivalry, essentially playing on one leg and beating and beating ASU with a, with a, on, on one leg. And then uh, I, Brett mentioned during his press conference today, that a photo he had in his office of you sitting on the goalposts after beating ASU. Uh, it was shared on social media as soon as he mentioned it. Can you tell us just how important that rivalry is to you? And does Brent embrace the importance of winning that game as much as you and Barrett and others from that era do? Yeah. Um, yeah, that rivalry is a monster. You know, I think if you're from the East Coast, you don't you don't get it. Um, you know, the proximity of schools, when I was playing here, my sister was at ASU. Um, and we always joked that, you know, she didn't get into U of A. Um, so it was always a fun little joke we had with her. But uh, on a more serious note, I mean, that thing is like, you know, I, I was at Oregon State a couple of years, right? And Oregon and Oregon State, like, they don't like each other, but they kind of play nice uh, a little bit, I think. You know, where this one is always very contentious, right? Um, the the rivalry there, um, you know, unmatched. And, you know, you just, you just remember those games, you know, so vividly. Um, you know, the first one of the freshmen, I think we lost was when they had uh plumber, you know, and, and I think we took a real beating that year. Um, and that, and that one just stung. And I think you never forget that. And so every year after that is really kind of, you know, you want to, you want to get them back. So Dice was a great example. I mean, he had legendary moments against them uh, with his knee and, you know, pointing his knee and then pointing at the crowd. And 
Uh, and, and so it was really until, fun. And telling the crowd that, that, that they were number one, if I remember. That's right, right number yeah. one, yeah, with the special finger. Um, and so, you know, those things are like, you know, burned in your memory. Um, and then with Brent, you know, especially, uh, you know, some of those years, I don't know if someone sent the video of us, like, uh, after the game in the, in the actual uh, stands, they, like, picked me up into the stands. And I was, uh, you know, celebrating with my younger brothers right there, my grandparents, like my brother, Brent was there. I mean, it was, it was they, wild. They stuff. shared that video with the, with the, on social media about an hour ago and said, Hey, Arizona, this is your coach. And they, they said, right. <laughs> no. yeah, I mean, even back then in, in front of that video, I mean, you see the, you see the passion enthusiasm. I mean, he's an enthusiasm guy. I mean, when, when you see him on the sideline too, he's, you know, and, and I think um, Dave said it today, just, you know, his, he, he's a glass half full guy right i mean when things are down like he's he's not really worried about that he's he's full in like locked in like keep the positive energy things are going to go our way someone's going to make a play um and i think a lot of that stems from coach tommy as well so we talk about the 98 holiday bowl shane alluded to it uh you were the leading receiver in arguably the most famous arizona game ever two catches 78 yards you had a 15 yard touchdown First play of the fourth quarter that's been uh, circulating on social media in the last night or no, uh, night last day or so. I don't know if you've seen that, but I went to this uh, Nebraska website and the first picture that that popped up with the box score was you catching the sixty three yard play. So, what do you remember about that night and how special was that particular team to you? Yeah, um, you know that year was just you know that game really was just a culmination of like one of the best years of my life. Right. I mean, you go through this grind of a couple uh, up and down years prior to that, um, you know, and then you have this like incredible run, you know, we lost UCLA kind of in the fourth quarter that year, which was unfortunate um, because like back then it was first year BCS, we might've been national championship game, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, you know, they had lost a, a makeup game to, 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 uh, Miami, yeah, Edward James went bonkers on them, um, and they lost that game late in the year because the hurricane. Um, but so we ended up not going to the Rose Bowl. But that year, there was so much just wrapped up in it and, and emotions. And I think like people forget like the talent we had on that team. I mean, and, and even like kind of role player guys that were like doing big things that like you know really helped that team. But the bond we had with that team was just you know out of out of control. Um, the game itself, I mean, you know, Jeremy got hurt, McDaniel. Um, so it allowed me to get a little more time than normal. Um, and so I remember the the big catch um, down, it was a wheel route, but Mike Brown, their, their uh, stud um, safety guy, he, he played for the Bears for a long time. He had, unfortunately for him, he took a hard angle outside thinking I was just going to keep pushing the sideline. And so I, I cut it back up top a little bit and Keith just dropped a dime. Um, you know, my brother still makes fun of me for getting hawked because um, I didn't score and I probably should have. Uh, but I, you know, I didn't see the safety coming from the other side, but um, yeah, incredible moment. And then um, obviously scoring late uh, scoring in any bowl game or any game really uh, is incredible. But like to do it on that stage, I had like, you know, a hundred plus people there in the family, a lot of family from San Diego. So it was incredibly special against Nebraska too, which is always a, a national team. Yeah, and by the way, the which I did not realize actually, the quarterback you guys went up against won a Heisman Trophy a few years later in Eric Crouch. That was a young That's Eric true. Crouch, which you don't think about in that game, and I definitely did not know that till I checked the box score. All right, last question for you. 
Were you have you been a part of some of the player uh, get-togethers, the, the old player get-togethers under Coach Fish? And do you think your brother will continue that policy of bringing everyone back for certain occasions? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I started off uh, when when my brother was in that path. You know, like Brandon Sanders and a bunch of the old guys. Um, you know, said, "Hey, let's get everybody back together. They need to make the right hire at this time." And this was this was when before Jed got the job, right? Which I thought was the total right call, right? Um, and so what it did was it it created this like amazing energy, amazing like you know everybody come back to the program. Let's support this the right way, how it should be done. Um, but kind of had gone along the wayside, I think, um, with some of those prior regimes. Um, and so, yes, I was a part of a bunch of those calls, obviously very uh, disappointed when it didn't go my brother's way. Um, but still, like, you know, always wanted to keep tabs on what was going on. Brandon's an incredible man. Like, he's always been trying to keep everybody in the loop, like to have like a, an anchor there that's really kind of rallying the troops and, and doing sometimes like, you know, the, the annoying job of pinging guys all the time, you know, like. Some guys don't like that. Brandon's been, you know, taking that ownership of that um, and kept it going. So I'm hopeful that my brother will do some stuff like that. I mean, if you guys know anything about my brother, he's all about family and people and, and, and bringing people together. Um, and so I think that, you know, he'll definitely have some sort of version of that. I'm not sure exactly what that would look like, but I know he loves Brandon. And so um, we'll probably leave some of that stuff up to him as well. Brad, thanks so much on short notice uh, for joining us. It's been a crazy week. Happened to be in Tucson randomly, but it all worked out. Enjoy yourself at the game tonight. And uh, thanks so much for hanging out with Shane and I. Of course. You guys are awesome. Hope to meet you guys uh, in person here soon. And uh, really appreciate it. Let's bear down. Yeah, really cool to uh, catch up with Brad Brennan. Uh, cool guy, first time he's ever been on Wildcat Country with us in the three and a half years we've been doing this, Shane. And just really, I mean, the, the memories from obviously the, the Holiday Bowl and the 98 season were cool, but just finding out about his brother, I mean, by all accounts, Arizona nailed this hire. Yeah, and like, like you said before the segment started, it was fun just because he was walking around trying to find a place to uh, a quiet place to chat with us. Uh, and it was a very last minute request. You know, we I asked Barrett, hey, can you give us a, uh, Brad's number and Brad was happy to do it and we appreciate it. Yeah. And then we ran, you know, as he's going through the, uh, the, the, the Lowell Stevens facility, he runs into Brandon Sanders and helps him find a place where he can go, uh, go, go do the, go chat with us. And then, yeah, we didn't ask him about it, but he did mention there was a, uh, a San Jose state commit that was on, on campus as well. So, uh, interesting. We'll, uh, we'll have to see how things shake out, but it's, uh, uh, it, awesome family. And, uh, well, Brad and Brenda seem quite a bit different. I'm sure they had some fun growing up together and were very competitive with each other, but they, uh, I, I'm, yeah, you know, I, I tweeted this out. I'm, I'm so happy for, for Brent and his family, regardless of how everything turns out, you know, I, I'm sure he was, it was very disappointing to be turned out for that job when it probably felt like he was going to, he was going to get it three years ago. And now to three years later, just, it's amazing that like the second time around that opportunity was still there for everyone. And I'm glad it, it worked out and hopefully it'll work out for Arizona football. You know, as a as an Arizona football fan, we're going to have to go through these periods when when Arizona football is good, other teams are going to poach players until the NCAA or whatever govern, governing body uh, does something about it. This is what we're going to see. But I think as far as a coach leaving, taking the entire staff with him and and, uh, you know, uh, pillage trying to pillage the roster. I think this is the last time we're going to see that. uh and for a long time for Arizona football, like 
Brent Brennan's going to get a fair shot. And, you know, I, I, as Brad said, like this is, could be, as you asked Shane, a destination job for him long-term. So yeah. uh, really something to keep an eye on there. I just want to touch on the basketball game tonight. Arizona won by 15 uh, against USC. I, I don't think that they played especially great. Uh, USC was missing arguably their three best players. Uh, and still, I mean, not that the, not that the game was ever in jeopardy because it wasn't in the second yeah. half. Still got within 10 with about two minutes left. It's just like they USC kept hanging around you. you Arizona went on a run, but they didn't really do it, go on a run that like to, that was going to put them up 20, 25 points, you know, USC kept hanging around. And so a, a little, little concerning there. Um, you know, Tommy Lloyd, uh, talked about possibly tinkering with the lineup and he didn't really except he did start Jaden Bradley in the second half uh which uh, I, I saw a stat the other day that Arizona's offensive efficiency with Jaden Bradley over the season actually is 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 a, quite a bit better than with Kylan Boswell on the floor mm. um so and it's a, kind of a limited sample size and I remember it had to be about a month ago maybe longer that Tommy Lloyd mentioned that Jaden Bradley was dealing with a turf toe injury and I don't know if that's something that's lingering all season but you know, if he can get, if he's getting healthier and getting better, that could be a, a big part of Arizona's uh, success, but still a little uninspired. I think it's one of those games where they expected to come home and just kind of ride the the crowd momentum to, to a win against a team that was injury depleted. And they did. And it was like a who's who there at, at, at the, at the game with uh, Kevin Durant and Brent Brennan and Miles Simon and Kadeem Carey and, and all the Arizona football players. So um, yeah, it, it was, it was all right. You know, I I kind of feel like basketball, even during the game, was kind of a second fiddle to the to the football news. Um, and UCLA, uh, it, for those who didn't see it, uh, UCLA was down thirteen at halftime to ASU. Uh, they came back and they they pulled out a win. Uh, ASU got called for four technical fouls in the second half, and you can probably guess how Bobby Hurley felt about that after the game. He mm-hmm. was a little peeved as he t- tends to get. So, you know, maybe maybe UCLA is getting getting a little momentum, and and they could give Arizona a harder time than we expect, but. Um, uh, I want to I touch on two things real fast. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Umar Balo. Uh, he can't make free throws. Uh, four for 10 again tonight. He's shooting like 40%. It's so uh, weird. He was a 70% free throw shooter his first year at Arizona, and he's just regressed since then every single year. This is a severe problem for Arizona because late in the yeah. game, in a close game, you can't keep him in. Nope. You have to take him out. Now, Krivas is playing well enough and shoots the ball you know, the free from the free throw line well enough. That's fine, but he's still raw. I mean, Balo, if I'm Tommy Lloyd, I'm making him shoot uh, 200 free throws a day because you got to do, you have to fix this. Yeah. Like this has to be a fixable thing and get him back to the 60% range. You can't be shooting 40% problem. And Boswell tonight did not shoot the ball terribly well. Uh, it was four of 12 at 11 points. But one thing I noticed so in, in Arizona's losses this year, now let's throw out the FAU game because. That was 90, was it 96, 95, 94, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 96, 95. Yeah, he had 12 points in that game. In Arizona's other three losses, he had six, five, and zero points. That's 11 points combined in three games. When Kylan Boswell doesn't score double digits, uh, in every game that Arizona has, uh, not not quite, I mean, it's not 100%, yeah. but there is a trend there. Yeah, that, it, yeah. Yeah, Boswell it, scoring double digits helps. Isn't it interesting that that Arizona can seem to seems to have survived Caleb Love's bad games, like against Duke or against Michigan State? He didn't shoot especially well, and Arizona still won those games. But when Kylan Boswell doesn't play well, 
they really struggle. So he he could be a, a, a big key to a, to a tournament run. You know, he doesn't necessarily have to be their leading scorer, but he has to show up. Like, like you said, the other thing is, you know, Arizona's free throw shooting is a concern. It's one of the reasons they lost to Washington state. Uh, I did see a stat though, that in terms of like, they call clutch free throw shooting, like late in games, Arizona's toward the top in, in terms of late free throw shooting. And that's because, you know, like you said, they, Tommy Lloyd will take, Umar Balo out of the game in those situations, like especially when Arizona's got a lead, you know, three to five points with a minute left, you know, and they'll try to get the ball to Caleb Love or Pella Larson, who are a very clutch free throw shooters. So uh, in the in those situations, I'm not as concerned because Lloyd is just going to take out Balo for that reason. But yeah, but it's yeah. a shame that he has to. Yeah, no, it, it it is, and well, you remember back in the Alabama game where Nate Oates tried the little uh, hack a shack yeah. at the end of the uh, end of the first half, and and Balo made both of those free throws. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it it's could, a problem. It could, it could be the difference between problem. it could be the difference between a Final Four appearance and an early first round exit. If you know, if you shoot, say, you know, thirteen of twenty four from the line, and your opponent goes twenty of twenty four, that yeah. could be the difference in the, in a close game. And I just don't know if there's anything that really can be done about that. If there was a positive tonight, offensive rebounding, Arizona of their 47 rebounds, 21 on the offensive side, uh, that is good to see. But still not as good of an effort as I expected. Uh, I wanted to see this team blow the doors off a depleted USC team, yeah. and, and they honestly didn't do that. So um, I, I think, as you said, Shane, UCLA with some momentum, it's a, it's a little... I don't think they're going to lose, but I, it's a little more concerning than yeah, it should be. I, I bet you that's going to be a close game than we would like. And, and it, it seems, you know, the the whole cliche, throw the records out. It always has a big game feel when Arizona and UCLA play. And I know UCLA has been struggling. I mean, they got beat down by almost 50 points against Utah. And so ASU should be a little embarrassed they lost to UCLA, even with all their technical fouls. But I, I think Arizona is going to be in a bigger battle than they probably expect. I have, I have a bad feeling this is going to be way too close with a few minutes left. I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. That's good news. I was wrong about the jet fish situation. So maybe I'll be wrong about this, but I just have this feeling that UCLA is going to make this a really interesting game. I think Arizona wins, but I'm not as confident they win by double digits as I was a few days ago. All right, let me give you one last stat. Uh, I've said it before on the show and I'll say it again. Last year, between December 31st and January 25th, UConn, who ended up winning the national championship, lost six of eight games. Mm. They then got hot, went on a run. This happens in January. Yeah. Teams don't, I mean, you don't want to peak now because we've seen Arizona teams peak now. And then what happens later? We saw, you know, Arizona looked great last January. UConn figured it out, went on to win a national championship. Just remember that. Before we go any further. Anyways, uh, Shane and I will be back next, probably early next week, maybe like a Tuesday, somewhere in that ballpark, uh, record to record the next Wildcat Country. As always, check us out on uh, Twitter, aka X. Uh, we'll be posting a bunch of stuff. Shane always retweets some great stuff on the Cat Country AZ account. So want to thank Brad Brennan for joining us. Great to catch up with him for the first time. Great insight on his brother. For Shane Dale, I am Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And especially now, Bear down.